Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Lodges Podcast. This is a podcast where we host pro esports players, streamers, business professionals, and other people who are working in the gaming and esports industries. I am your host, Juan Rodriguez. Very excited again about this week's episode, as I am every single week. Thank you so much for everybody who's tuning in and checking out the podcast. Today, we are diving into the commentating and broadcasting and hosting side of the industry. We've got a great guest with us, Rob Gonzalez. So I was really pumped to hear his story and just learn so much about that side of the industry because we had not yet had a guest on that worked in that part of the industry. And and so it was really exciting to hear about. Before we get started, I do want to give another special shout out and thank you to our sponsor for today's episode, who is LabelAid. LabelAid is a custom label company established in 1976, trusted by clients around the globe to deliver durable, precision label products at competitive prices. Their custom labels utilize screen printing, digital printing, and flexographic printing to achieve the look and performance you desire. Their digital printing includes graphic overlays, panels, nameplates, labels, and decals. If you are a team, organization, or individual, imagine creating your own graphic overlay for your drone. Your logo, colors, and design can be created as a graphic overlay and have your drone shooting content in style. If you have a fitness room in your content or team house, imagine decking out your treadmill in that same design to add that extra element of customization to your fitness room. To learn more about LabelAid and the products they offer, you can click the link in the show notes below that will direct you to their website. So again, special thank you to the team over at LabelAid. They've done quite a lot to help us out with these last few episodes and I, and I really appreciate everyone over there. Um, but with that being said thank you guys again for tuning in this is an amazing episode you're gonna learn so much from rob i I promise you that you're gonna learn something new today that you didn't know he really just brought it and dropped so many gems on today's episode so with that being said i will not hold it up any longer this is the lodges podcast up next All right, well, welcome everybody back to another episode of the Lodges Podcast. I am your host, Juan Rodriguez. Very excited to do another episode today with another incredible guest, fun guest. Very excited to jump into it with him. We have with us Rob Gonzalez, who is an on-air personality with a lot of different a lot of different things in esports and in gaming. So, Rob, I, I know we were just kind of chatting before this, but I'm really excited to have you on. Hey, I always appreciate being able to uh, talk about the business side of things because uh, a lot of people just see kind of like the glamorous part, like the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook stuff, and um, they don't really get to see or hear what goes on behind the scenes and what makes this a a difficult job day by day. It's very rewarding. Don't let me don't don't get it twisted, but uh, yeah. it is also it can be difficult. Yeah, no, I I love that you're already headed that direction because I think people like to hear the, you know, what is tough and challenging but (laughs) rewarding at the same time. Um, But I think a great place that I always really start off with my guests just to give everyone a little bit of context about you is if you just want to give us like a a three to five minute, three to four minute rundown of, you know, who you are, where you're from, what you do, uh, your story. I think that's a good place to start. Sure. So uh, I will... I'll go from present to backwards. We'll do it a little different this time. So okay. again, my name my name is Rob Gonzalez, and I am a full time on air personality. And all that means is that I get paid to talk, and I uh, focus in on the uh, esports space. I do a lot in the collegiate esports space, uh, just because I, I do enjoy working with 
that audience. Uh, I have a lot of really great networking contacts there and I've been able to do like the grand finale for collegiate star league for Fortnite. I've been able to do uh, grand finales for other organizations. And, uh, that's really kind of where I got started, but that branched into being able to do Dota events, uh, like the minor, uh, for Dota in Ukraine, uh, just a lot of different things. And I haven't been doing it for a long time. Uh, I've been full-time uh, since January 2019, so going on a little over a year now. And uh, before that, I was about 15 years in sales and marketing. Uh, so I worked on the insurance side where I would train uh, agents all across the country how to sell products, how to present it, how to do needs analysis for their customers, all that kind of stuff. And people always ask, like, well, how do you get from that to, like, esports? It doesn't make any sense. Like, well, <laughs> like, it's true. But uh, behind the scenes of that, I was, I've been a professional Magic the Gathering player forever. 26 years I've been playing Magic the Gathering. And um, when some new different games came out, I started trying them. And those games turned into some connections with Valve. And uh, I just kind of transfer that into a hosting gig. And when I found out how much hosting gigs were cost or were paying, uh, I told my wife, Hey, look, you know, I think I could do this. And, uh, but I can't do anything without my wife's permission. So, uh, you know, <laughs> so this is how you stay married successfully for over 10 years is, uh, you run it by the idea of your wife first, and then you see her facial reaction and then you see if you want to take it any further. So, um, but yeah, she said, okay, well, I, I loved seeing you up there. I think you did a great job. Let's go for it. And, uh, so, that was January of last year. I left my like six-figure insurance job to uh, dive headfirst into uh, full-time esports and uh, other work, and like not even just meat sports because that's what we call them. There's esports and there's meat sports. And then on the meat sports side, um, I was like the host and the commentator for the National Flag Football Championships this last January. Uh, working with some other organizations now to do uh, you know some football and basketball stuff because that's what I grew up on. Uh, but anyway. Uh, originally, I'm from Philadelphia, and I lived there for about 13 years, moved out to Albuquerque. Uh, so I'm in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I've been here for 26 years, like, you know, where Bugs Bunny always gets lost. That's here. Uh, also, <laughs> uh, where if you if you watch Breaking Bad, people, that's always whatever that's the next thing people always say, oh, that's where they make the meth. Wait, no. Like, I mean, yeah, they do, but that's like not our like state bird or anything. Uh, so, <laughs> but yes, Breaking Bad is... Uh, like the breaking Walter's house is like two blocks from my house. So, um, but yeah, um, I get to spend time traveling the world, talking about video games, uh, hosting events, doing play by play. And yeah, it is a, it's a great time. And it is also stressful as all get out because you go from yeah, like having consistent income to all of a sudden, like, where is my next gig coming from? <laughs> mm hmm. No, definitely. Well, that's, I just found it interesting. So, you know, I always do a little bit of research on my guests before they yeah. come on, you know, to just kind of see what they're involved in, what projects or jobs they're in. And I just found it incredibly interesting that you came from the insurance, you know, the insurance business over in a gaming and esports. I think that a lot of people now too, is this becoming more recognizable. It's interesting to see, you know, how people got here and, and kind of what their background is. And so I just thought that was really cool that, you know, you were in insurance and then, you know, now that you've given me a little context of the Magic the Gathering and, and some connections mm -hmm. with that, how you then transitioned over into this industry. And, and I just think that's really interesting to hear about. Yeah, the thing is, is uh, when you're in sales and marketing is you're going to find out that every time you're in any other career field, you're always going to be selling yourself. That's just kind of how it is. And um, for in my case, 
I have to start from like ground zero, right? Like I took, I got hired to be the host of an event in Kiev, Ukraine uh, last January. It was I'd never hosted an event in my life ever. And from there, I was like, okay, how do I sell myself? Well, I started thinking of it like a product, just like the mm -hmm. stuff I've been selling for the last 15 years. It's like, okay, well, if I'm going to sell a product, now the product is me. And I'm going to market it the same way. I'm going to send the same emails out. I'm going to have a LinkedIn profile that shows that I'm doing stuff in esports. I know the right people that when I go to an event, I'm putting business cards into the hands of people who can make decisions, who are going to hire for the next event. Uh, I'm doing network, um, like the networking mixers and, and mm -hmm. things like that, because you just never know who you're going to meet. And it, and people always say, uh, when you work in entertainment, it's a lot of luck and it is, you know, uh, you never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to shake hands with, but in order to maximize your, you know, your chances at the slot machine, you have to keep pulling. And for me, uh, just some of the things that happened, the things that fell into place uh, would be unbelievable if I told you them. It's like one of the first things I looked at, I saw that there was going to be a, uh, a rainbow six minor at the uh, HyperX arena in at the Luxor. And mm -hmm. I, I was like, I want to work this event. I really want to work this event. How do I get in? How do I find out how to get in? Well, I found that the person who was hiring and uh, I asked them, hey, can I get you my real resume? Or no, excuse me, I didn't even have a real resume at that time. <laughs> I'd only worked one event. So uh, I was like, uh, that's my what I say now. But uh, at the time, I was like, hey, you know, I just want to be able to work this event. And he was like, well, if you can make it to Vegas to work this PUBG event that we're doing, um, I will use that as your, you know, your uh, interview, your audition. And I was like, I live in Albuquerque. And he was like, I'll pay you 300 bucks. And I was like, Jesus, Christ, I'm going to get to Vegas on $300. Uh, <laughs> I was like, fine. You know, so I um, got on a bus <laughs> and uh, took a bus to Vegas. And uh, when I got there, did the event, they didn't tell me this was a huge event either. It was like the PUBG nations versus nation event where it was, um, United States versus Mexico. It was on TV Azteca, which is like the like the CBS of like Mexico City. Oh, wow. Uh, and it was like their first live uh, esports event. And it was huge. They had full production, full makeup, like all this. And this is me, like my second event ever going, what the? I'm like, <laughs> what am I supposed to be doing here? And uh, so, um, and it went really well. And, but that turned into them recommending me to be the host of their HyperX esports truck. Not even the Rainbow Six event. It was, hey, you know, uh, we need somebody to do be the host of the HyperX truck. Have you ever been a host of anything? And me going, yeah, yeah, of course. I don't know. Like, like, <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, I never hosted a truck. I've hosted in a bar. I don't, and it was like, you know, it's kind of the same thing. And uh, so they hired me for that. And then they also hired me for that Rainbow Six event. Uh, and so those are the kind of things I'm, I'm talking about is, you, it, it is hard though. Like it's hard to know which opportunities to take because sometimes you do take opportunities that don't uh, pan out as well or you don't think they pan out right then. Uh, I had an event in Albany, New York, one of my first events where like the pay was going to be like $1,000, but it was going to cost me like $700 to get there just to fly there. Right. Uh, but I needed, I, I didn't have anything. I had no, no real, no events, no nothing. And my wife and I, when we sat down and like looked at this, we looked at it as a business and we said, okay, one of our business expenses has got to be uh, getting to the point where I have a respectable reel, something I can show people that makes it look like uh, that I know what I'm doing, right? Mm -hmm. And you can't just be all word of mouth. And I find that there's so many – I met people even today who are, have worked many events and they still don't have a reel. 
and they're wondering like why I don't get they don't get hired and I'm thinking like well because you don't give them the base you don't give them the basics like you got to give them something to get excited about and it's like I would say probably like half of the people I meet or or more uh, don't have a reel and then I want to say like 95% of them don't have a resume like so and it, maybe I'm just different maybe I'm just old and that's true I mean I'm old okay so everybody at home. When you see me, uh, you know, on a uh, an event or something like that, I'm not young by any means. Like I am going to be 40 years old this year, and that's so young I'm, these days. Not in esports. It's not, <laughs> I'm true, like true. Grand, I'm a granddaddy in, in esports, and that's uh, true. So, but I I bring like how I work my business to how I work esports or how I work any sports. It's give them something to get excited about, show them that you're a professional, and keep knocking on their door, and. That has worked for me. Uh, last year, I worked 36 events uh, my first full-time year, or full-time mm-hmm. year as in esports. And then this year, um, how many events did I work this year? Ten? Uh, I don't even know. Somewhere in that neighborhood. I worked a lot of events this Which year. Which is a lot, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. right? You know, like I know people who work ten events all year, right? right. But the difference for me is I've got uh, a wife, I've got two kids, <laughs> you know, I – uh, this isn't a hobby. This is the job. And so every day is wake up, network, wake up, video, play video games, play the newest games, know them well enough to at least be able to host an event. Uh, some games I do play by play and commentary for. Uh, most of those games are pretty easy for me to stay up on. It's the newer games like, you know, Warzone drops. Oh, okay, well, I got to be playing Warzone. I got to know. Like, just in case somebody's like, hey, Rob, you know, I'm, I got this job. You want to come do Warzone? You know? Uh, so it, that's uh, one of the uh, people I worked with at the Mountain West Esports Championships in Vegas a couple weeks ago. She was like, how can you possibly stay up on all of these games? And I'm like, well, my 40-hour week job is video games. And, like, the difference <laughs> is, like, Instead of streaming, I literally am home all day, nine to five, playing and watching video games so that I can understand what's going on. So imagine if you were working nine to five every day, just studying video games, how much you would know, right? So, right. Uh, yeah. And I mean, it's not like you have to learn from scratch either, right? It's not like I've never seen Overwatch. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I've, I've played Overwatch. I play Overwatch. I've, I've watched, you know, Owl and things like that. And so there's been a couple of games that like I didn't really play and I had like a week and a half to learn from like nothing. Like I never played Soul Calibur. And interesting. A, okay. Yeah, and I had an event. Well, I played it like when it very first came out, but like nothing, yeah, yeah. you know, current day uh, Soul Calibur. So uh we had an event for Soul Calibur. It was Soul Calibur and Dragon Ball Z Fighters, and I'd never played either of them. So, you know, I had to get in and put like 40 hours like basically all day long play Soul Calibur and Dragon Ball Z. Right. Like, pretty much by myself. Right. <laughs> and then like, and watching broadcasts and it's different. It's different in people. What you don't understand is in order to be really good at this, you have to work on you. Um, it's, it's not always just playing the games and things like that. Like n- not everyone has a refined hosting, let's say brand, like people, mm-hmm. uh, they're not always very good at being a host. They're not very good at maybe at doing play-by-play. They're still learning how to do play-by-play. Right. And for me and my job, I feel like I'm pretty good at what I do. Now it's just a matter of making sure the knowledge is there and cutting out unnecessary words and like fine-tuning things. Uh, but there's a lot of competition. God, you don't even, I mean, that's for everybody at home is listening. It's, esports is great. 
Okay. The thing that's not great about it is there's only so many jobs, right? And especially right. when you get to the high profile jobs in, it, especially when you're feeling yourself like, I'm good. I can do this. I'm, I'm ready. Like I've got these, I've got these jobs. I'm, I'm people want to hire me. And then you talk to someone and they're like, Oh, sorry, we went with golden boy. And you're like, man, I'm competing against golden boy. Like, how is that <laughs> even a thing? Like that guy's so good. Like it, it would be like, you're playing pickup basketball and LeBron comes on the court and just dunks on you. You know, you're just like, God bless him. And so, the, and that's a difference is like in esports, the top guys can come and like do an event you're at. I mean, like LeBron and KD are not coming to your normal, you know, your hoop it up, you know, tournament. That's just not happening. But right. like I went to the Halo championships and it was like Halo championships. I'm there. Lottie is on the desk and Lottie's obviously like doing call of duty league now golden boys there like all and you're just like dude i'm surrounded by like esports talent royalty and but all you can do is learn from these people right because they're not here to destroy you like they you're not even on their radar <laughs> like they're just like in a whole another you know hemisphere or hemisphere another um solar system another uh, galaxy from you but you're still working these events together and but it's good for your brand you know when you get to be seen with people who are are doing that and uh, but yeah it's it's a beautiful job it's just hella stressful man um trying to work all the time yeah no i mean definitely i i, I think from the outside in you kind of see that it's busy and you breaking that down definitely mm -hmm. kind of gives that inside perspective of how busy you guys are um and, and it's great to hear that and i know that i was telling you right before we went quote unquote live that you know i always try to bring on different people to hear different perspectives because you can only you know think so much from the outside but it's different when you actually hear it from somebody that's in there mm -hmm. um and so it's incredible and i don't know some of the things that i got from it and i want to run by you is a lot of people that listen to or tune into the podcast some of them are maybe younger and they're trying to break into esports or gaming and so this is kind of a resource for them and so something i picked up from you and, and correct me if i'm wrong is you just basically try to put yourself in a position where you had a lot of at bats or you were basically yep. getting as many reps in as you could to kind of, you know, prove to other people or show them like, you know, Hey, I, I can quote unquote compete, right? right. You're, you're trying to perform for those jobs and, and make a name for yourself. And you just, you know, I know you mentioned that it was $700 to travel. You're only getting paid a thousand, but you know, even though you're only making 300 bucks, it was important to just be there and, and begin to get those reps in. Right. And, and that is the hardest part for people who are just starting. It's how do I get started? And the first thing I tell people is you need to, if you're really serious about being a esports talent, you want to do play by play hosting, whatever, uh, you need to join the broadcast GG like discord group. Uh, there's a ton of people who are just like you, who are at every, every experience level in, in esports talent. There's people who do production, who have been doing it for years. People are just starting. There's people like when I first started, they invited me to the group and they also post jobs there that are like paid jobs. They also post jobs that are unpaid to help you uh, get experience and build your resume. And so that's where I first started. Uh, the second thing I would tell you is it is impossible. And I mean impossible to go full time uh, until you have a good bankroll. Like there are just not enough job. I mean, some people are just very fortunate and they happen to be like you know, one of these superstars, just like in sports or whatever, who really? go from the minor league to the pros. And they're just like from day one, they're able to just do that kind of stuff. But like yeah. most people need to have like six, seven, eight months of saved up money 
uh, like to pay their rent or if they don't have rent, like if they're at home, sure. Okay. You still have to have enough money to travel because some of these jobs where you really just need to get in front of a, a producer, you need to get in front of a casting director or whatever it is. Like you just sometimes will pay for a flight. You'll just be like, okay, or you're going to pay for a bus trip or whatever. You just got to be able to pull, you have to have that money somewhere. Um, a lot of these events don't pay up front or, or mo none of them. Um, so and some of them, okay. right. And some of them pay much later. So like I've had events that I've worked and I don't get, I haven't gotten paid like for like uh, nine, 10 weeks. Uh, wow. so yeah, like in, if I was desperate for that money, I would have been screwed. Uh, so you, you have to be able to have a buffer because if you work esports desperate, if you work entertainment desperate, people know that. And you want to be putting your best foot forward when you're on a show. You want to be confident, funny, well, whatever you are. If you're serious and mm -hmm. you break it down like that, then that's what you are, right? But you don't want to have to walk onto a show and just be like thinking about the money the whole time. You want to think about putting on the best show you possibly can. Uh, so for me, uh, we had about six months, um, of money saved for me, uh, that I could really try to pursue this thing. Uh, my wife also works and we have two kids. So it's like, okay, it's not like her, her income by herself wasn't going to support us. So I have to make it work. And that is a huge motivator too, right? <laughs> like when I get right. up in the morning, I don't have a boss telling me to get up. I've got to get up and I've got to send these emails. I've got to be able to get my reel out. I've got, to, I do editing and my own reel. I do my own resume work and things like that to make it look good. But those are the kind of, um, you know, networking opportunities that were presented to me. So like I, when I tell people to start, like I said, go to broadcast GG, you start there. Then you need to start networking with people who are in the industry. You need to find out who, who is running things at ESL, who or whatever game you're running. You know, if you're playing magic, who at Watsy do I need to talk to? If you're in, um, CSGO, it's like, okay, well, do, who, do, who at Valve, maybe do I need to know whatever, you know, right? So you just need right. to know who, who you got to know who the players are. If you don't know who the players are, you don't know who's moving the chess pieces. How can you get in? And how can you compete with someone who does, right? It's like, because <laughs> if you're going to try to get in, for example, like let's say uh, you Valorant's coming out, right? Everybody's super pumped about Valorant. They're like, oh my God, Valorant's the next thing. Mm -hmm. Well, if you want to be a Valorant caster, where would you start, right? <laughs> You'd be like, well, um, I know it's run by Riot. Okay, perfect. <laughs> but who at Riot is actually making the decisions? Who's going to be put, pulling in casters? Who's going to be doing those things? Those are the things you got to know. Uh, and it would be just like if you were in football, if you were in basketball, if you wanted to work for NBC, I, I'm going to guarantee you it's a lot easier to get a job at NBC if someone recommends you for a job as opposed to you applying on the website. Uh, right. Same thing at Fox, same thing at ESL, same thing at all of these organizations in esports. The people who are hired almost always know someone on the inside who's either brought them in or someone who's recommended them to somebody. And that's what you're working on in the beginning is building your real even if you're taking free gigs, if it's remote, obviously that's a lot easier. But if you're taking a gig where you can, you just got, you can get, you can get some FaceTime, and it doesn't, maybe it doesn't pay that great. Sure, that's fine. But you can, you don't want to do too many of those. But you want to do it enough so that you have a reel that you can sell. And but the problem is that there's a, most talent who are in this industry are not salespeople, right? <laughs> like mm -hmm. they, they're, they're talent for a reason. That's why agencies exist. So right. um, I'm fortunate enough that. I'm a much better salesperson than I am an esports talent, uh, so that I am able to sell myself and sell others too, because I've transferred, not only transferred because I'm still in as a talent, but I've also worked to help people cast their events, like to say, Hey, they need casters. Rob, can you get us people? 
So, and through my contacts that I've made, I'm able to help them get people hired. So like we have an event that's running uh, a smash uh, ultimate event that's running in the Bahamas. That's going to be in June. And the guy running it was like, Hey Rob, I need help getting casters. I need help getting pros in. Who do you know? I'm like, bruh, bruh, bruh. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> got you. Got you. So, you know, we've got, uh, like six of the top talent in smash going to be there. And the only reason I know them is because I took an event, uh, in California that didn't really pay that well, but it got me in contact with a lot of really, uh, important people in the community. And now I can help pay them back for being good to me. Right. Cause like they helped me to learn and do these kind of things. And now I can say, Hey, well, come work with me now. <laughs> like, and it's, it's a lot of scratch your back stuff going on. You know, you want to take care of people who have taken care of you. A lot of loyalty for me. That, mm -hmm. I mean, that's how I just operate. It's like, look, if you've been good to me previous, and some people think it's weird sometimes. Um, but no, I, no. you know, I mean, that's how I live. Like, that's just how I am. Like, um, yeah. the, this, uh, young lady, uh, her, she goes by ham tornado. She's one of the overwatch, uh, casters. And I was talking to her at the mountain West tournament. And I was like, you know, the reason I wanted, cause I had recommended that she work this event to the guys who were hiring. And I said, the reason I wanted her to work here is because when I met her, she was so nice to me. She was so open. She was so willing to share information like that. She was the first name I thought of when they said they were looking for overwatch casters. And it's that kind of loyalty that I look at is important to me. And it makes me feel good to be able to, uh, help pay back the people who have helped me. Yeah. And I think to your point, a big part of that is like, you're saying you have to network and get plugged into those people because, I, I believe the industry and even more so how you're saying it now, on the, just even on the commentary side is it seems like it's a very tight knit community and yes. everybody knows everybody. So I, I can only imagine if, you know, you're someone that's just trying to get started and, you know, you're trying to be a commentator and like you're saying, you're just applying through a website and you've got, like you're saying, you were, where you were approached to bring people and you've already got names coming to mind. I right. can only imagine how competitive it becomes even more so if you're just applying through a website or, or not having that connection or a relationship with somebody. Oh yeah. And I mean, and that's how it goes. It's not like you see like an ESL event for a major asking for casters, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like you see uh, the fusion out here looking for, you know, we could really use a stage host. Could you help us? You know, could you, that doesn't even happen. Those, <laughs> those opportunities aren't even there. Uh, it's not like in, like in the movies where uh, they will have like uh, the casting director will put out a ad and says, Hey, we're looking, we're doing auditions for X, Y, Z role. And then everybody can apply. Right. So right. in esports, almost all of the positions are hired because the guy they hire to bring on the people just knows people. They're like, Oh, well we need CSGO casters. We need smash casters or whatever it is. Go get them. And uh, a lot of times uh, they go to places like broadcast GG and then randomly you do see stuff on Twitter. Like, but you have to be following the right people, right? Yeah, <laughs> you have like, to be following. Yeah. At right, that point yeah, too. That, and yeah. That's the thing is like I, for the mountain West esports championship, I just happened to see a tweet and they were like, we, you know, are looking for uh, some casters or whatever it is. They didn't even say they were looking for a host. They didn't even say it, but you know what? I, I was like, whatever, I'm going to send my information to them and say, Hey, in case you need a host, here's your guy, <laughs> right? And uh, so that's one of those things that sometimes you just have to put yourself out there and opportunities can manifest themselves. And But you have to do that over and over and over again. And the other problem is, is that most people have regular jobs on top of their esports career. So they're working like a normal nine to five. And then on top of that, 
they're trying to find gigs they're trying to find work and that's just super tough man like yeah. how do you prep for a tournament when you've got to come home you now granted some people are single okay so it's a lot easier when you're single you just come home from work you turn on whatever you watch it till midnight you don't have to stress about anything it's just you um in my case that that wouldn't fly um you know <laughs> so it's like my wife comes home from work and it's like okay we're gonna have family time we're gonna be hanging out with the kids we're gonna do that and before you know it we put the kids to bed it's like nine o'clock and i'm like well right. okay it's nine i gotta you know have a, a conference call with somebody at 8 a.m like how you know how late am i gonna stay up and so yeah and you have to take care of yourself. You've got to take care of your body just like if you were in gaming because for people who talk for a living, um, you can't get sick. You can't uh, right. have a situation where your voice doesn't work. It's not like you can be like Michael Jack or Michael, ja Michael Jordan with the flu game and just be like, I got the flu, but I can still do this. No, you can't. Yeah, no, right. not, you can't do that. You're not going to go on to your cast like, <laughs> welcome to, <laughs> you know, like that's just, that's not a thing. So, uh, right. You have to really work on it. And you also have to not lose your voice. So like um, at uh, DreamHack Anaheim, uh, like after the first day, I, I think it was Jump that was there. And he like lost his voice going from day one to day two, like over like over the night. So like the rest of the weekend, he's like super hoarse. You can tell he's like struggling. And it's like it's rough, man, because you want to give it all to your audience. But then sometimes you have to like really pace yourself. Um, I did that the very first event I worked on the HyperX truck. We were doing Rainbow Six, and I was like just talking a mile a minute for like six hours. I'm not yeah. exaggerating one minute, like six hours straight of just talking. And then I went home, and I was like, I can't. Oh, my God. What? Holy – oh, God. I'm screwed. <laughs> you know, I had three more days. Right. And so I had to really start pacing myself. And it wasn't – I didn't pace myself because I told myself it was – the, the GM of the truck was like, Rob, you don't have to talk the entire time. You can let it breathe a little bit. And uh, sometimes you just get excited and you're just trying yeah. to prove yourself. And uh, But you've got to pace yourself. You've got to take care of your voice and you've got to take care of your body. you got to get sleep. Um, there's going to be plenty of places. If you start doing this, you're going to end up in a city. You're not going to see the city because you're just going to be like, you're going to go to work. You're going to come back to your hotel. You're going to pass out. You're going to rinse and repeat until your, ho your flight goes home. So that's you know, people always go, Oh wow, you were in you were at a ski resort for an event. Yeah, I didn't do any skiing. <laughs> like you, right. know, you know, you were at this and this place. You were in Tampa. Yeah, what did you go do? I did sleep. <laughs> I worked and slept <laughs> because I and I'm never a person who's worried about the next guy like coming to take your job because I've always felt like if I work on me and mm -hmm. I continue to work on me and I continue to work on getting better that I mean, I still I, I can't worry about the people trying to get my job. I'm trying to get ahead of myself. I'm trying to get where these other people who are doing these big events for ESPN and things like that. I'm trying to get to that level. And when for me, I do a lot in esports, but I'm also looking at non-traditional or excuse me, looking at traditional sports. Uh, so you get to imagine all the competition in like football or baseball or hockey or any of this stuff like right. it's everywhere. So. You can't worry about the next guy. You have to worry about you and how are you going to get better? How are you going to improve your resume or improve your reel? And it's a constant – it's like in uh, regular traditional sports. When you are a baseball player and you're trying to make it from the minor leagues to the major leagues, 
you just got to get batting practice. You got to practice, man. You got to watch tape. You got to make sure you know your plays. You got to make sure you're in the right position. Uh, and in football, you got to know the playbook. So you've got to be able to do those things and people will call you up. You'll get those opportunities, but in order to stay in the game, you can't forget where you came from. You right. can't like, you can't get lazy. You can't have those. Oh, well, I was going to do a VOD review of myself today. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> I don't want to do it. Like, and, and I'm guilty of that. Just like everybody else is I've, I've been meaning to redo my reel for like four months. And I've been telling myself, Oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I like never, I just didn't do it. And then I started sending out uh, my reel and resume to people. And I was like getting to the point where I was like embarrassed of it. I was like, God, like this isn't, this is trash. This is trash. I mean, it's getting me by it's getting yeah. me hired. Right. But like, it could be better. You want and better, so, right? Right. I want. I, I. I just looked at myself in the mirror and was like, Rob, do you want to be that guy that missed an opportunity because you were too freaking lazy to spend a day on your biggest marketing piece? Like, if it was someone else and you hired them and they hadn't done that, you'd be pissed. You'd be like, Why haven't you redone my resume? Why haven't you redone my reel? Like, if you were dependent, like, because you know, right. this is the thing that people see. This is the thing that gets people hyped about you and if it's not and granted i'm not gonna pretend like my reel was like some piece of trash but like it just had things in it that didn't make sense anymore so like my original reel which i love uh had like Fortnite clips in it and my Fortnite clips are great like i mean i think they're hilarious and people thought they were hilarious but the problem is i'm applying most of the time as a host and they don't care about my play-by-play. -play. They just don't. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. that doesn't make any difference. They're not hiring me to be a play-by-play -play guy. So I made sure that my reel now is all hosting stuff. And it's all, like, high-quality hosting stuff. Like, you see the uh, the video, and it, it's all of its – none of it looks like it's a, a second-rate production. It's all of, like, the really big production I, productions I had worked on. So now it looks like, oh, wow, this guy only works on big productions, right? Like, or right. big productions love working with, you know, and that's what I wanted to bring across. I didn't want to bring across like, oh, and here's a clip of Fortnite, right? So because I do stuff outside of esports, and if when they see Fortnite, they're like, well, screw this. This isn't our guy, and <laughs> um, it doesn't play as well. So I have to have like a hosting reel, and then I have to have a casting reel. Uh, and the same thing for my resume, like my resume was like a normal people resume, like that you would apply to target with or something. And it showed all, a lot of events, but it wasn't, it didn't show me. Right. Cause sometimes people don't watch your reel. They're just like, whatever, you know? So I wanted to give them something they could see and shows like, dude, this guy's worked like a gajillion events. <laughs> like, right. He, people must like working with him if they keep hiring him. And that's like how I look at it. And golden boy, uh, gave me the, the, absolute best advice I could get. Um, we were at like an E the E3 Fortnite after party thing where it's like this little VIP thing. And the mm -hmm. only reason I got in the only, the only reason I got in is because somebody on LinkedIn had a VIP pass. He couldn't go, but his kids love Fortnite and they wanted the swag bag. And he was like, is there anybody out there who wants to go to this party who will give me a swag bag? And I was like, yes, I will do that. <laughs> and so I get invited to this party and I don't understand, I guess, how, um, how exclusive this party is because there's like two sections. There's like the normal people section where you can go and you get drinks and whatever. Then there's just like this VIP lounge and the VIP lounge is literally full of VIPs. It's like Ninja, Nadeshot, uh, uh, Kenny Omega from AEW, like Xavier Woods, like from WWE, like 
uh, every names a big streamer, Tim the Tatman. Like everybody is in this VIP area. So you have the regular party and then like the actual party right. going on the over there. Party, right? You got the real deal party. And yeah. so I have my pass. I'm like, oh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like walking around. And then like I look at my pass again. I'm like, huh, that looks like his pass. And so I go up and I, I'm in the VIP section now. Holy shit. <laughs> like, okay, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm hobnobbing right now with, uh, you know, with courage and things like yeah. that. And um, so what happened is, is I ended up befriending uh, like Bala and Monsterface who do a lot of the Fortnite casting and obviously yes. they were with Alex. And all of a sudden, Kenny Omega sits down with us from AEW. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. I wasn't expecting this to happen. Um, and then a couple of WWE wrestlers um, called Crime Time. If you're a WWE fan, you'll know who they are. Um, for some reason, he thought he knew me. And he was like, oh, hey, what's up? You know, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, you're in the VIP section. You're supposed to be somebody important. I'm just a dude. Um, so <laughs> anyway, so we're all sitting down. And I was asking Golden Boy, like, how do you get started with a agency? Because in my mind – that was the way that everybody got work. It was like, you had an agency and they got you booked all the time. And you know, that's just how it goes. And he goes, Rob, look in this business, all you have to do is work, just work, 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 work until you can't work anymore. And eventually you will be so busy that people will know you as the guy who always works. <laughs> and if you get known as the guy who always works, you will get hired even more. And that is, I, if I could tattoo that on my butt cheek, I would, because mm -hmm. It is how I have taken from that day. I said, I'm just going to keep working over and over and over again. And if I get an agent who does esports stuff, great. If I work with an agency, great. If I don't, it's fine because I'm just going to keep working. I'm going to do me. And if it turns out that, you know, eventually they want to work with me, great. But until then, I know how to book myself. I know what I'm worth. And I've gotten lots of reps. So by the, by the time, if they wanted to try to sell me to a company like a Fox or an ESPN or whatever it is, they can know they have a product they believe in because they've seen it. So, right. and that's what I would tell everybody at home. It's like, if you're going to get started, just work, man, just work. Just if you got to hustle, you, you got to hustle. This is, this is the hustle. This is people say, Oh, you know, bro, I appreciate your hustle, bro. You don't even know like behind the scenes. Like I've what had a hustle is <laughs> right. You don't even know. Like, like the stuff I have to do, like when I was in uh, Bukovel, Ukraine, our call times were like pretty, like they were like mid afternoon. We would get out at like four o'clock in the morning. I would get back to my hotel. I had to film videos for the national flag football championships that I was, so as soon as I left Ukraine, I was flying to Tampa to work their event. But every night I was doing videos for the national flag football championship and then having to get back up like four hours later to go back to set to work uh, on one of the largest Dota 2 miners ever. And, mm -hmm. but it's the thing is like, that's how I imagined my life. I imagined my life was like, yo, you're going to be hustling. You're going to be out there working. You're going to be out there trying to make a name for yourself. And it's you, you only depend on you. And if you do it that way, you're going to be successful. And I've made a lot of good contacts. Um, I mean, I've made people don't like me too. I'm sure, you know what I mean? Whatever. <laughs> like, You're always you, going to have both sides. Yeah. 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 You, you just have to hope that you have more people who like you than who don't. But, um, again, if you were just starting, take those free remote gigs, get your resume together and then start shopping yourself around, man. But don't do, do not do this full time until you have, you know, for me, like five or six months of 
money saved up so you can live, so you can um, put the money into your business, just like you were opening a regular store, right? Like you have to be able to invest in yourself. And for me, that meant getting better microphones, better computers at home, uh, lighting for mm -hmm. content stuff. Like that's part of your business. And if you don't treat it like a business, you're going to get beat by people who do, right? right. <laughs> like, and so it's, it, again, it's a great, great career. But my career, just like anybody else's, could be over tomorrow. It, we still have to get hired by the next job. <laughs> and uh, we were talking about this before we started, but like with coronavirus um, going yeah. on, pandemic levels, there's events that are just not happening this year. And that event last year, where it was the Fortnite after party, that was at E3. Like there's no E3 this year. There's no, that Those kind of contacts aren't going to happen. It's not even that the event isn't happening. It's that these contacts, these other networking meetings, the things that are very important to freelancers are just not there. Yeah, which is, I, I, and I think that goes back to the reps thing that, that we're talking about. Like when you yep. get those reps, you got to really prepare, get yourself ready and give it all you can get. Cause like you're saying, you know, last year E3 was there and that gives a lot of people, especially if you're a freelancer opportunities. And this year, if that event isn't there, or maybe it's not in your budget or whatever the case may be, then that rep's not there anymore. And I think you really just got to take advantage of those reps that you do get. Yeah. yeah. And there's no like training program. It's not like you go to esports school, right? Exactly. Like, I mean, there, <clears throat> to be fair, there are esports programs now in schools. Uh, yes. Full Sail, Full Sail University has in out of Florida, they have a program for broadcasting. But for most people in this business, you didn't like have someone sit down and teach you how to be a caster. You didn't have anybody sit down and teach you how to be a host. And you just learn that. And that is very daunting for most people. <laughs> if I tell them, hey, yeah, you're um, going to enter into this job that you really want to do, but no one's going to train you how to do it. And the only time you really get critiqued is when you suck. Uh, when you're just like mediocre, people just like kind of leave you alone. Uh, so if it's just really hard. Well, so, is it, would you say it's very entrepreneurial almost then? Oh, no, it sense? is. It's, no, it's 100%. It's not, yeah. I mean, if there's... Think about it. If if I'm Rob AJG LLC, right? I have my bills to pay, which are my normal life bills, you know, mortgage, food, insurance, all that stuff. But then I have my actual business stuff, which is food when I'm on the road, flights sometimes, depending on what it is. Like sometimes you have to pay for your travel and they reimburse you. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's I need to go to a networking meeting. So like I. I was um, invited to moderate a panel in Los Angeles at the Teams conference. And the Teams conference is where all of these different cities meet with all these different sports municipalities to try to get their uh, event to their city. But they were doing an esports panel. And the guy who was running it had seen me at another event and said, hey, Rob, can you do this? I can't pay you, but I'll pay for your flight or I'll reimburse your flight and um, you know, we'll reimburse your hotel. So I had to pay for my flight, pay for my hotel. I was there for one day. Um, but I was moderating this panel, but I met so many people in this panel. I met the guys who were running the national flag football championship and they hired me to do their event. Um, there Crazy. is another like bowling event. There is like the people from Playverse. There's just so, those are the things you cannot replicate. You mm -hmm. can't just like open a book and know, oh yeah, I should go be the moderator of this panel because it's gonna help me network. Or I need to go to the after party of XYZ events. Like, but that's where the business goes down. That's where you don't see all the other casters. So 
when you have that connection to be able to say, yeah, I'm going to these networking events because I know I'm going to meet people who might know someone or might recommend me for something. It's not, it may not happen right away, not by any right. means, right? Like sometimes you just put stuff into your funnel and you see what happens. And the people who were running the Mountain West Esports Championship is a company called E-Stars. And I had reached out to E-Stars last year about working some of their events. And they're like, oh, Rob, we don't have a place for you right now, but we'll keep you into consideration. That was last year. <laughs> and this time I was meeting with the guy I talked to. He's like, see, Rob, I told you I'd get you on. I'm like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, it is a year later. and But most people are out of the business in a year. So it's also about perseverance. It's like sticking yeah. around and, and being able to do these events. And because uh, so many of them are not going to materialize right away. A, while you're trying to learn about yourself, because how I am as a host today is much different than my very first time I was a host. And I, um, I, I've learned more about myself. I've learned more about the mistakes I make. And it's right now, like even right now, I'm critiquing how I'm even answering these questions in my head and trying to make it better <laughs> because I can feel myself saying the same thing over and over again. Uh, no, but, no. No, but that's that's just how it is. You have to be yeah, yeah. your biggest critic, but you also have to be able to take critiques because some people are well-natured when they're critiquing you. Sometimes it just comes across really strong, but you just have to take it. And mm -hmm. so I, I've had plenty of people say, hey, Rob, you should do this. You should do that. I wanted to hear less of this. And you just process it. Uh, I, I used to never take notes <laughs> as a host. And when I watched um, Shiver as a host, she wasn't even, she wasn't even hosting. She was like an analyst and she had her notepad. She was taking notes. She had like the times written down for everything. And so that's what I do now. Whenever I'm hosting, I want to make sure that I'm very actively watching the games all the time, taking notes as the games go along so that I remember what I'm supposed to be asking, what I'm supposed to be talking about and working as like, if there's two analysts on the desk, I want to be the half analyst and to be able to at least know I want to know the answer to my question before I uh, ask it so that that way I feel informed and that the people at home know I know what I'm talking about. Right. You're dropping a lot of dimes. I'm having fun listening to you because there's so <laughs> many so many things you're dropping. But to just dive really fast on a couple of them, one, yep. I think that, you know, I entered, quote unquote, this, you know, esports and gaming in June of last year. And I think one of the things that I learned very quickly is the amount of respect I have for the people that are hustling because I'm the same way. I grew up where I just had a hustle about me. My parents kind of raised me that way. And I think that's what I've enjoyed so much is that the people in this industry are getting after it. And if you don't get after it, like you're saying, and I know this was like 20 minutes ago, you were saying this, but you know, if you get home from your nine to five and then, you know, you only got from five to 10, or if you're saying, you know, like you're married and you can go from nine to 12, like you still got to hustle because everyone else is hustling and it's going through the same exact thing. And you got to put in that time. Um, yep. But then on your other point too, which, which I love that, you know, and I'm, I have the same mindset where I think sometimes, you know, we want to compare ourselves to other, but I, other people, but I think the bigger battle is, you know, are you bettering yourself and are you competing against yourself? And it's funny, like Kevin Hart, he had a video that popped up on my Instagram the other day. And he literally said, like, it's not about proving everybody wrong. It's about proving yourself right. 
And I think there's just so much truth behind that because I think sometimes we do want to, you know, compare ourselves to the next person. And it, it's important to have context of who your competitors can be. But I love how you're honing in that, you know, you're doing what you can to, to better yourself, to better your takes, your, your casting, whatever it might be. Because um, I just think that's just a really important life attribute in general. Yeah. And Kevin Hart is a really good example because uh, he's from Philly. I'm from Philly. And he took a career that most people were saying he wasn't going to make it. He wasn't going to be able to do it. This wasn't his thing. And he's getting booed off stage in some of his sets. And mm -hmm. that's going to happen. You're going to have esports events. You're going to have regular events where the audience just doesn't like you. Uh, and you just have to move on because sometimes the audience doesn't sign your paycheck. Sometimes it's going to be yeah. someone – the people – who are signing your paychecks are the ones that really have to like you. Those are the ones you just have to ignore the trolls in chat. You've got to just take it with a grain of salt because if you're doing your job well, you're going to get hired over and over again. And this is a lonely job. You're doing a lot of prep by yourself. The only times you are, I mean, sometimes you'll be working with other people. Sometimes you're not, but it's like everyone is a competitor when mm -hmm. it's all said and done. So, but we're, everybody's very nice with each other, but Right. That being said, if there's only one position, only one of you is getting hired. So you do have to work on yourself and you do a lot of that by yourself. And you're going to get into these situations where sometimes you don't feel good about what you're doing. Sometimes you look at your reel. Sometimes you look at an event and you're like, God, I'm trash. I am garbage. And you just have to like think about it like, okay, maybe I'm not really garbage. Maybe I'm just like mm, a little bit better than garbage. <laughs> so you <laughs> – you just get hard on yourself sometimes and when you're not working consistently. So like, let's say you go from working like four or five events in a row and then all of a sudden you get like a couple months off and then you're like, Oh my God, am I ever going to work again? <laughs> Is it over? Am I going to go have to get a job at target? Uh, so, so there's always that too, because there's going to be people out there like Puckett who was working with owl, who's doing all this stuff. And then all of a sudden he's a freelancer. So he goes from having a consistent gig to mm -hmm. now having to go out, book his own. Well, I mean, he is working with CSA, but he's still having to go hustle on his own, too. He's not going to just depend on the agency. And right. he's doing very well, doing hosting uh, these homestands, things like that. Or sometimes you think you're going to get hired on again uh, with like CDL or any number of different organizations. But then they replace you because there's it's in the end, it's not show friends, it's show business. So they're mm -hmm. going to go with what makes sense for them, even if you can kind of get screwed over in the process. So you just have to continually make yourself better, continually surround yourself with people who are great. And I talked to a couple of folks about this. It's I always want to be one of the worst people in the room, always, <laughs> because that way I know I can learn from everybody else. I can, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another, mm -hmm. we can just kind of just get better. And that's what's really helped me to like one of the first events I worked was with all of the top Dota talent in the world. And I'm like, Oh my God. I, so I just watch how they work. I watch how they speak. I take notes. I just absorb as much as I can and know my role. Know my role is to make them look good. And if I can do that, everyone's going to be happy. So in, in I've looked at every event that way. It's, I need to be here to make everyone look better and in that process, I will also look better too. So right. it's it's a nice position when you're a host because you're the point guard. 
you're just dropping dimes. You're just making sure they get their dunks. They're getting, mm-hmm. and if you end the game with like eight points and 15 assists, you did great. Uh, you don't right. have to have, a, you don't have to have a 50 point game as the host. And, but when you're like a, when you're doing play by play and I was doing play by play for the halo championships and or the halo classic in Atlantic city. And uh, the guy I'm with, he's awesome doing his, you know, play by play and things like that. And I'm thinking like, man, all right. Okay. So he's going to be Jordan. And I'm gonna be Robin right now. I'm just gonna get these rebounds, <laughs> get them back to him, <laughs> make sure he can get his, and we're gonna have we're gonna win as a team. So, and then there's been other times where I've had to carry the show, and it's you just have to. For me, and again, I everybody might be different, but for me, I've always just tried to know what my role is in a broadcast and just live up to that and give people what they want. And I think it's gone well so far. So I'm hoping that uh, that will continue as we move forward. Yeah, no, I mean, it looks like, like you're saying, I mean, you worked, I think you said 36 events last year and doing already a lot this year. I mean, it seems like you're crushing it and, and your social media is awesome. I was looking at some of the stuff before <laughs> we hopped on. Um, no, that's very interesting how you just put that where, you know, you kind of do a little bit of self evaluating before you start of, you know, like you're saying, who's going to be the Jordan, who's going to be the point guard. I, I would have never pictured it like that, but that's a really, it makes sense though. Once you said it, like, that's a very interesting analogy. Um, I guess working on your side when you're approaching an event. Right. Everyone, I think once you get past your first couple events, because when you're first starting, you're just trying to get your face on the screen as much as possible. You're like, how do, how do I do this? How do I be part of the team that's going to do the finale? Or how do I make sure the producer wants to use me? So Mm -hmm. you're just worried about uh, your product, but eventually you get to the point where you're like, I know what my product is. Now it's a matter of how do I, how is my piece? What, what do I do here when I'm here? And so sometimes I have to be the really funny person to make sure that the person who's really serious has a yin and a yang. Or sometimes I have to be the really serious person because the other person is just way too goofy. Uh, but that's one of the things for me about on the hosting side is no matter what happens, I want to be very entertaining. And I still have to be me, but I just have to make sure that the role that I'm hired for is is being fulfilled to the best of my ability. If mm-hmm. I do that over and over again, I believe that I'll get hired and I'll continue to get hired. But that doesn't – even I can say that right now, but it's possible – that I might work four more events and that could be the, the last thing I ever work. So mm-hmm. for me, I've always in the back of my head thought, well, I'm a business guy. I've been in business for gosh, forever. So I want to make sure that I also behind the scenes, I'm working my next job, <laughs> which will be somewhere in business development, somewhere in production and producing events. So I work with Nerd Street Gamers to do business development for them and helping them to build like land centers on college campuses and across the country. So I do that behind the scenes. I work, like I told you before, to help events find casters or find production people or or whatever it is. So getting my feet into those industries because I'm not going to be a – well, most likely – I will not be able to be a front of camera talent for the rest of my life. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, I want to have that possibility, but that doesn't mean that it's going to happen. So I always have to prepare for what the next thing may be. But while doing that, making sure that I do focus on which on the talent side, which is, hey, 
there's going to be these events. I need to knock them out of the park. And when I'm not knocking those events out of the park, I'm prepping and also working for my, uh, my business development, I guess, job. Uh, but it's, but the good thing is that nurture gamers is a large, large company that also does productions. (laughs) So, uh, I'm able to help them with their productions and host things and and do all of that stuff. Yeah. And that's a really, to touch on that for a minute, it, that's a really interesting conversation, I think, of you know setting up for the future. Like you're saying, you obviously want to, or you're talking about yourself personally, you want to be on mm-hmm. camera for as long as you can. And I think that, and I don't know how much maybe conversations like this go on within actual organizations and teams, and, and I could be completely wrong, but I know that when I'm talking with a lot of other professionals from the outside or for young individuals that are becoming streamers or pro players when they're first getting into it, I don't think there's much conversation being built around planning for that next venture right like you want to be a streamer you want to be a pro player you want to be a commentator for as long as you can but you know eventually that is going to come to an end and you won't be able to be on camera you won't have that same role and i think that that's so important like you're saying where you're kind of getting in these different ventures to get your feet wet there to establish those relationships and kind of plan for the future for uh, uh, for a little bit i think that's just super important even for if you're a streamer or a pro player and you're young and you're just starting out in your career yeah, you always – well, I don't say always, but for me growing up, my wife and I – when I say growing up, but when we've obviously done a lot of growing together uh, in our marriage. And there's a point in time where both of us worked for the exact same company. And we had uh, essentially the same job but just on different halves of the company. And one day they just – we both got let go. And mm-hmm. from there we were like, man, we really need to make sure – that one, we don't put all of our eggs in one basket, and then two, that we always have a contingency plan for the next thing, just in case. Because when you have people depending on you, if it's your kids, if it's your wife, if it's your husband, your whatever, you want to make sure that in the worst case scenario, you still have a plan. And for me, it's always been if the hosting thing blows up tomorrow, because there's plenty of organizations I worked with last year who may not work with me this year just because of budgets or coronavirus or whatever. There's, yeah. I mean, we, I lost gigs for South by Southwest. I lost gigs for E3. Uh, there's going to be plenty of that going on. So if I was, let's say, tied into one organization, let's say I was tied just to one company that only did live events, right? And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden something like this happens, I would be screwed. Right. So. I've done my best to try to diversify, to work with lots of different companies, to not become uh, complacent when it comes to finding new companies to work with. Just this morning, I sent out probably like 50 emails. Uh, Hey, this is my new reel. I know we haven't talked in a while, but hey, take a look at my new reel. Take a look at my resume. See if there's a way maybe we can work together because you don't, you don't need a lot of those people to say yes, right? You just need, Mm -hmm. you need only a couple of them to say yes. And if you can impress them the right way, you can maybe work with them three or four times. And if you are a, let's say a newer caster and you work 10 times for two or three days each time over the year, and you don't need a lot of money to live, that could work for you. That, that could Mm -hmm. be a thing, right? And then now right. you can go now when you go into year two, you can go back to those companies you already worked with to try to work with them again. And for the last year, you've been networking. So now some of those networking ideas and are gonna hatch and you'll have new companies to work with. So it's it is a normal just sales process. It's 
you put as many leads as you can into your sales funnel. Some of them are going to come right away. Some of them aren't, but you're just cultivating, cultivating all the time and putting together a super performance when someone decides to work with you and starting to build relationships. Because if you're new, you just don't have those relationships, right? Like they just don't exist. But it's also important to have a good name in the community. You don't want to be the person who's a dick to work with. You don't want to be the person yeah. who everyone knows is a selfish SOB. Like that's just not, that won't get you anywhere. You right. need to be able to pay it forward. There's been plenty of events I haven't been able to work because I was already booked and I've given them to other people and say, hey, look, like you should apply for this because I think you would be great. I can't work it. So, hey, here you go. And I had someone do that for me, um, Arda, who does stuff for ESPN. Like he yeah. had, he had just gotten hired. He couldn't do this event. And he said, Rob, I think you'd be great for this event. Uh, go ahead and reach out to XYZ and see what they say. You know, just, I, I can't guarantee you'll get hired, but I at least put your name in and I end up getting hired for that event. So, but he didn't have to do that. <laughs> like, he could have yeah. just been like, whatever. So it's, uh, those are the kind of things that it's, you don't pay it forward because you're hoping someone else will do it for you. You just do it to do it. Like, and I think for me, just be a good person. Just be a good person. Just do it. Like, if <laughs> yeah. you're not gonna work, they're not gonna work that event anyway. So make sure that if you know someone that it can help them, do that. Or yeah. And sure, it may pay dividends later on, but I'd rather just be known as a person who does that. Like, oh yeah, Rob didn't have to do that, but he did it anyway, right? Like, uh, that just it makes me feel good because I remember when I was first starting, and I used to get recommendations from people. It meant the world to me that someone would say, yeah, like this guy is somebody you should work with. I'm like, holy crap. Like, thank you. You didn't have to spend the four seconds typing on Twitter to do that or whatever, or sending an email. That's wasn't necessary, but you did it anyway. So I want to make sure I do those kind of things for people moving forward. And I've, I've, I'm not going to say I've gotten a ton of recommendations that way, but that's not the point. Like I was trying to explain is it right. makes me feel good to be able to help other people to get hired and, I'm hoping that when I'm somebody who maybe behind the scenes is hiring for things that I can help people start their career the way that some other people did that for me when I was coming up. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, first off, that's awesome. And it's just encouraging, I think, too, if you're listening to to know that people are kind of paying that homage forth, right? People are taking care of one another. And when there are those opportunities, people are having people in mind and, and doing what they can to help other people out. And I think that, you know, and I was telling you this, you know, the podcast, I try to have different perspectives, right? And I hadn't had anyone in casting, like I was telling you, so I was excited to hear from you and, and a similar trend that you've had, that I've had with pro players that have come on that with business professionals, and you can just see that it's a pattern throughout the whole industry is that when you're really in it, and you're being authentic and genuine with people, there's a lot of people I think that are trying to do everything they can to help that next person to make that recommendation to set somebody up. Um, it's just something that I see consistently. And I think that that's really refreshing and, and awesome to see. Yeah. We just have to support each other. The community is just too small to not do that. It just yeah. really is. It's granted as things get larger, the community will get larger and it may not have that homey feel it has right now, but <laughs> definitely today it feels more like a brotherhood or sisterhood where every day, Obviously, you're looking for the next job, but you're hyping your your friends up, you're hyping your coworkers up, you're supporting them, you're watching their streams, you're watching their content, 
and especially if you have the time, it doesn't cost anything to do that. I'm not telling people to go out and teach people how to, from, you know, from ground zero to being a professional caster, show them everything that they worked hard to learn to, you don't have to do that for somebody else. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just, cause mm-hmm. you know, there is value in all the, the hard knocks you've taken. There's a lot of value in all the lessons you've learned. And if you want to keep that to yourself, that's fine. But make sure that you just support people other ways. And uh, it can be a retweet. It can be a like, it can be whatever, but those things are super important for other independent contractors who are freelancers just trying to make it. And you never know what that one retweet or like may do for someone, or maybe that, that one extra uh, view on their YouTube video gives them a number that someone hires them because of. And it's, there's so few overlap I find in people getting hired for things. You're, you're not shooting yourself in the foot when you're supporting people that way. You're just supporting them and making them feel good. Yeah. I mean, perfect example. I got a podcast down in Miami over Super Bowl weekend because I had somebody retweet my tweet. And because of that, it kind of vouched for me. And, and it was funny, like they hadn't really even met me. Like we talked after he retweeted me, but that's a perfect example of that happening. So yeah, it, it just happens. And sometimes there's going to be more jobs in esports too. Right now we're like in a weird position where I think most of the big name jobs are always taken by like the same folks like across games, but that's going to be, that's going to continue to change as this business gets bigger, as there's more people, more leagues, there will be more opportunities, but you really just need to get your reps in now. You really Mm -hmm. need to make sure you feel comfortable doing whatever it is you're asked to do. If it's, Overwatch Contenders League, if it's being able to travel overseas, you got to have your passport ready. You never know. I had someone call me to do an event in India on short notice or to do an event in Saudi Arabia on short notice. And if I didn't have, excuse me, have a passport on the ready, might not have been able to go. Um, right. I've got an event in Bahamas coming up. Like, wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't have a, a passport. So make sure you have a passport. Uh, <laughs> so, and also buy TSA pre-check. It's always nice. It's like 85 bucks for like five years. So don't wait in line. <laughs> Because sometimes you're going to be running late, I promise you, and you would rather be able to get to the airport with like 45 minutes to the doors close, and you'll get to your gate from the beginning in, in like 15 minutes if you had pre-check. But that's yeah. whatever. It's only like I said. It's it, actually get global pre-check. It's even better. So anyway, uh, just and also take care of your voice. Make sure you have a um, like a what's the word I'm looking for? Not a it's like, you know, like a little bag that has all your stuff in it. It has like your lip gloss. It's got your tea that you like, your particular tea you like. It's got something, mm-hmm. uh, throat lozenges. It, if you are if you have allergies, it's got your allergy medicine in it. It's got ibuprofen. It's got your care package. That's what I meant to say. So make sure you have those things. And if you're on the road a lot and you, we all get a little homesick, make sure you have something that reminds you of home in your hotel room because sometimes you're going to be gone for a long time. I've been gone for like two and a half, three weeks at once and it sucks. Uh, I've got kids and that's not fun when you're like, man, I really just want to lay around with my babies. Uh, or you haven't seen your girlfriend or your wife, your husband or your boyfriend or whatever. Make sure you have stuff because nothing will bring down your performance like depression. Right? So because this is a performing business, this is the entertainment business and you are an actor, you are portraying a role. And I met one of these um, guys who works in the industry who is nowhere close to the same person that he is on screen that it is off screen. And then that reminded me like, oh man, I don't have to be the exact same person all the time. That's great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, I can be just me 
But then when I'm on a show, if I need to be high energy or more high energy than I normally am, I can do that. Or if I need right. to be something else that they need that day, great. So it's it's an entertainment business. There's From the businesses to you, there's not always a lot of loyalty, but you just have to work what's in front of you and continue to network. Just, that's the best, the best advice I could give anybody is put your name out there whenever you can. Shake as many hands as you – well, right now, make sure you don't do too many shaking of hands. But, uh, you know, virtual shaking of hands through Twitter, through LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever you can go. eFuse is a new, uh, like, social media platform for yeah. esports professionals, and they've been um, really amping up their stuff. Uh, so uh, I do like eFuse as well, so I, I'm, I put stuff out there. Just wherever you can put out things, do it because you never know when someone is going to take a look at you and say, oh, I like that person. I'm going to give them a shot. I'm going to pluck them out from the thousands of other people. Yeah. Well, that's a good place to start to wind it down on and close here. I was actually going to ask you your final thoughts or any you know suggestions or tips you had for, for other people listening, but I think that was a yeah, pretty good I mean, that's, statement. Yeah, right that's there. pretty it. It's just keep working. Don't give up. But make sure you have a support system. Make sure you, you've you got money saved up or that you know exactly how much money you need to make over the year and that you've got a, a, a good plan in case that doesn't happen. You've got a plan B. You've got a plan C. Uh, and it doesn't always have to be broadcast. There's lots of stuff in production and sales and marketing. There's lots of ways to work in esports now besides being a caster. And I'm a shining example of that to be lucky enough to work on the on-air side, but also have opportunities in sales, have opportunities in marketing. And eventually if the, my on-air career doesn't continue for some reason that I feel like I could be successful in other avenues. Definitely. Definitely. Like you're saying, start to begin those ventures and create those relationships. Yeah. Well, Rob, this was really a lot of fun. I think you dropped, you might've dropped the most gems. I've had any, any guests really job. <laughs> you did a great job. Thanks. Really appreciate you. Like I said, coming on and and sharing, you know, not only your knowledge and expertise, but a little bit about your career and, and the path that you've taken. Um, definitely, I'm sure this is going to help at least one person out out there that's listening, that's maybe asking some of these questions. Yeah, I hope um, so. Yeah, and if I, anybody, I, go ahead. Uh, well, I was going to say, what is the best place for anyone that's listening to contact you on social media? You know, sure. where, where can they reach you? So if you're on LinkedIn, you can find me. It's just Robert, Rob Gonzalez, and I'm the guy who has his hand on his chin. I'm pretty easy to find. It says on air personality, but anywhere else it's uh, just R O B A J G doesn't mean anything. It's just my initials. Cause I'm all the cool names were taken. So I'm just Rob A J G. Cause those are, it's Roberto Adolfo Joaquin Gonzalez. And, but <laughs> people can't roll their R's. So it's easy to be Rob A J G and people can do that. So yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Well, there you go, Rob. Thank you again so much. Um, for all our listeners, you know, if you were a new listener and this was your first time tuning into the podcast, I appreciate you guys checking it out. Hope you enjoyed it and we'll come back for more. If you're a returning subscriber, you've been supporting, which I know a lot of you guys have. I really appreciate that. Um, the DMS and the messages, I'm glad that you guys are enjoying the guests and, and everything that we're having on here. And that wraps everything up for this week. And for this episode, uh, we'll see you next Tuesday for another episode of the Lodges podcast. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating if you've enjoyed this. You can find out more about Lodges by searching on Instagram at Lodges underscore financial, on Twitter at Lodges, on eFuse at Lodges, and on LinkedIn by searching for my name, Juan Rodriguez, J-U-A-N. 
Following on socials is the best way to be kept up to date with podcast updates and information. Thanks, and you were just listening to The Lodges Podcast.